The shower cage was a waterboard nightmare of glass and nozzles promising to pummel the victim into a state of painful nirvana. Vents above flooded the room with pristine, filtered air chilled to frigid, making the cage more inviting than the logical retreat to the shelter of a warm quilt and Jace's hot flesh. He'd saved me that indignity, trailing me as he did, anticipating my intent to avoid him and his issues and his hold over me. He'd lifted me up, set me down. Now he was here, in the same room, watching me watch him through the mirror, his eyes ghoulish dark against the unrelenting glare. There were things I'd missed about him, things I should have seen. His hair was a dense mass of the untrimmed splendor of tow-headed youth, stringy and bob-cut about his ears, ears I knew to be fragile and delicious. But he was no youth. His eyes, drawn together in a perpetual frown, bore witness to contained rage, as did the deep lines around his mouth that even his beard could not mask. Silver tinged the uneven growth. How had I missed that? Maybe because I'd fixated on his sensual mouth, lips narrowed and pursed tight, accentuating the odd intersect of dimple and deep grove under his bottom lip. Jace McClune was uncommonly ordinary in every possible way. An image so carefully cultivated I suspected that mask had become the man, that if he were to clean up he would still wear the evidence of his misdemeanors. Never taking his eyes off my reflection, he removed the t-shirt and tossed it aside. It made an odd chinking noise as it impacted with something on the far wall. There was a hint of the white lines scoring his flesh, wrapping about his ribs, the left side more pronounced than the right. His right? My left? Mirrors misdirected. His frame was slim, softer than mine, the muscles long and lean, like a runner's build. The definition was there, mostly just a hint, like undiscovered territory. My eyes drifted to explore his torso. He'd been bound, that much was certain, his hands above his head. The bruising on his wrists had mostly healed. The attachment chains or ropes or leather would have led to a ring in the wall high above him. They would have stretched him, thinning the skin, allowing just enough play for him to twist this way and that. The switch would have taken advantage of that, following the delicate reveals of sweet, virgin flesh. In my head, I heard him, gasping at the first sting. He'd have bitten his lip, or tongue, or the inside of his mouth. That was the game, to man up and not allow his tormentor to know how much the pleasure hurt. But pain, like pleasure, was best sampled in small doses, in tiny respites so the brain adjusted and prepared for the next. It was easy to savor the slow drip, not so easy to accommodate the waterfall. Even in that land beyond the safe word, there were protocols, and an appreciation for how a man could best be coaxed to the next level. Whoever had programmed Jace's crisis of indecision had been a master. The intricacy, the delicacy of the work, betrayed the intent. Jace had offered up his body in return for knowledge. I had no way of knowing the outcome for certain, but I suspected he had discovered other questions, other reasons, without having that one answered. 
Torture was something I was all too familiar with. It was crude and meant for one and only one outcome. What they'd done to Jace McClune, for whatever purpose, was sinuous in its sensuality, intended to be prurient, to appeal to the senses at a level few would acknowledge. The marks themselves, how they'd been administered, the control it took to achieve that presentation, were a brazen testament to skill and a perversion so dark it spoke to something primal and ugly and desperate within me. Branded, the man glaring at my reflection with unresolved pain in his eyes, that man touched me and challenged me. If it was consent he sought, he'd already won. It was that other unresolved question that brought me up short, because he was right. I'd never hurt him.